BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself the Wire. Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Uh, once again, a reminder to give you five stars in a review. No, no, they uh, give us five stars in a review. I don't know what I said. I'm distracted right now because uh, the guest is sitting next to me mm. and is mocking oh, the guest. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw the mocking. You think I didn't see it? I did. Uh, just a reminder to give us five stars in review on all of the podcast apps. And, uh, you know, fucking, you I don't give, know, man. You give us the review, just to reiterate. Did I do it wrong again? They said, give them a review. I don't remember what you said. You said You said, they're all right, Spider. I thought you said. Uh, no, I said. I said. Uh, are you all right, Spider? That's good. All right. Well, we're, we're it's hard we're for there. you to. You see, you can't just take a drink because then you can't yes and fast. Yeah, enough. I know. I know. It was a you bad really timing. I didn't know you were going to do that. I'm sorry. You're really. I'm always going to do that. Okay. Well, on the same Today, page now. Mm-hmm, we're talking about from season three of The Wire, episode ten, Reformation, and our guest today. Oh, you know her. You love her. I love her. She is from the habituation room and from my heart. The mother of my child (laughs) and my wife, Francesca Fiorentini is here. Hi. Hey. Hi, sweetie. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on fucking finally. I listen. We wanted to have you on from the beginning. But we had a baby, remember? That's true. Yeah. And we, we couldn't do each and, other's And podcast. from then on, he could only think of you as the, the fecund womb from yeah, whence exactly. to lay his seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know. can't podcast. I was like, yeah. podcast with her? She's the mother of my children. That's what I would say. <laughs> uh, you know, so I can only podcast with my gumars. Uh, yeah. Who are mostly just uh, male friends of mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we finally worked it out in which we could both podcast at the same time by getting childcare. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, Shout out brilliant. to Tiffany Putterbaugh. Yeah, Tiffany Putterbaugh. We love you. If you're hearing this in the other room, we love you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking care Usually of us. Usually it's just me hearing you in the other room. Awesome. Uh, calming the baby down. Like, no, those screams are like. Lies. Yeah, those screams are lies. That's just papa. So, uh, I know this isn't wire related, but so are, are you mm. not doing daycare and you're going full nanny or is this just no, like no, no. a we're, stopgap we're, measure? No, we are completely pussyfooting our way into daycare. Yes. We mm. are uh, 
we are just dipping our toe and then being like, oh no, she cried. Yeah. Uh, oh no, she cried. Yeah, no, she's it, gone for a week. She's yeah. No, we're 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 doing it. We're doing daycare. We're we're working on it. Yeah, but mm. today we weren't because we need uh childcare throughout the day and into the night. So we figured, you know, might as well. Um, Vince, I have a question for you. Yes. When you're do baby- I like the wire? I do. I even have a podcast about it. <laughs> What else? No, it's a more baby question. Mm. Um, when your baby cried when it was younger, was it lying? Was it lying? Yeah. Does did he would he cry and you'd be like, "This is you're lying." Well, yeah, yeah. we do that all the time. They do that. Our new thing is just to be like, we could just go mentirosa, <laughs> and then yeah. she looks at us and it's like Spanish. Yeah, bueno. and she starts smiling. And you're gonna man, we just go mentirosa. What yeah. they need is they need one of those boxes from Nathan for you, like the mm-hmm. uh, like the, the the hotel room box that is for the child, oh, right? Yeah. To not hear you having sex, but they should just have that for sometimes, because like yeah, for sometimes that's important. sometimes the crying, you know. You're like, all right, I've exhausted all avenues of things that would make you stop crying. Yeah. And uh, you've refused to listen to reason. And yeah. so uh, I, mean, obviously I, just need, that's... I just need silence for a while now. Yeah. I mean, I like that <laughs> there's a box for new parents to put their kid in so they don't listen to all of the sex they're having. Yes. I mean, yes. if there's a Finally. problem with having a kid, it's like, you know, it's yeah. not the daycare. Finally. It's not the bottle feeding it's not like eating solids it's just like oh god we just want to fuck all the time i'm so glad that someone came up with a solution for the number one problem that parents face oh you look so hot when i haven't been sleeping and you're always belittling me yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly right or in matt's case when he has been sleeping and i'm belittling yeah well you know hey we we switch off (laughs) what's up uh, Francesca, do you like The Wire? Oh, huh. Um, yeah, no, I, whenever it came out or after it came out, I don't know when I watched 2007. Is okay. that right? Yeah. Well, it came out in 2002, but right. you so started watching in 2007. Started watching in 2007, and my roommates and I in Prospect Park or Pros- or Park Slope, that's where I lived, Park Slope, uh, we'd like all watch it one episode and be like let's go and we have to watch another we have to watch another and then be all of us we were asleep by the second episode like 10 minutes in we we're like the fact i mean <laughs> who watches two episodes in a row can't. now like it's you not can't. i i mean yeah too now slow. i'm my, my limit's about 42 minutes before i fall asleep with <laughs> yeah. something right now yes 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 so yeah and then we would like wake up and be like oh we gotta start it where you know the next night yeah start it where we left off and then refresh. We sort of like rehash all the would you, stories. Would you, when you were like falling asleep during it, and you would be like, "Oh, let's start it up again." Would you be like, "Wait, what happened?" Because yeah. that's oh, yeah. that was my biggest issue with the show was, uh, "Wait, wait, what happened?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, know y- y- if you need a show to hit you over the head with a storyline or like what it's trying to say, the wire uh, is not for you. Yeah, it's. I would push back. I feel like this episode is exactly. Okay, that, but yes. Well, generally speaking, I would agree yes. with you. Yes, occasionally episodes of The Wire can be perfect TV. This mm-hmm. being one of those episodes, it's a little right. bit of like the anti Sorkin of yes shows. In some, in yeah, a not hun- always. A hun- no, a hundred percent, it is the anti Sorkin. Yeah. Yes, it is like Sorkin Kryptonite. It's like if Sorkin watched this and he was probably like, "Well, that was depressing," you know. <laughs> um, he probably was just just saying. If he watched this and he had any self-respect, he would just he, 
kill himself right yes, away. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah. So Sorkin, if you're listening to this, kill yourself. <laughs> um, but by the way, is, I feel like I, I've never gotten an Alexa or like one of those Google Home things because like I don't like the idea of people spying on me in my house. But uh-huh. I feel like the one feature that one of those could have that would make me want to have it is to just like it knows when you fall asleep and then it could tell you the point of the show at which you nodded off and then you could like bookmark it. And you're like, all right. I, I kind of love that. You fell asleep. So, so it'll just watch you while you sleep. No, it just it you know it tests no, it your it knows the show your, while you sleep. No, it knows it watches, your body. It has to watch you. It knows your body. Okay. It knows your body. Right, cool. It knows. Yeah, your, I mean, it's already doing that. Like it already. Yeah. You're already sending all your heartbeat information to the the Apple app or whatever. I mean, uh, you it's are. Not though. A, yeah, it's true. Did it's you not, did have you heard the story of when Matt wore my <laughs> Apple Watch for a little bit? No. Because I wanted, I wanted him to sort of like, you know, keep Did up. Did you with, immediately yeah. get like a, a series of alarm bells, like a plane was crashing, where it's like, um, your, your, your blood pressure dying. is dangerous. You are, you are dying. dying. You, you are, are sweating dying. like you are a whore Calling in church. the police. It just turns into life alert. <laughs> Please put on the Apple Watch. Like, no, no. it's it's similar though. It's see uh, better. I, I put it on and um. I was because I wanted him to be more active and be like, okay, time mm. to stand, time to yeah, whatever, yeah, no. you know, time right. to like Sense. do you some activities. Yes. You wanted to keep tabs on him. With yes, the exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so I was at the uh, the mall, uh, the Glendale Galleria. Why? Furi- well, furiously looking for the great Khan's Mongolian barbecue that I know that they have there because mm. I Googled oh, it yeah, and I was really in the mood yeah. for Mongolian barbecue. God, when you want a restaurant and you find out it's in a food court, oh. I mean, listen, I'm, listen, I'm trash. So I was like food court, fucking, you know, the back of a dumpster. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. I'll eat it. Um, and so I'm like furiously searching for this restaurant. It's like, I don't know what floor it's on. I just know where it says on the map it is. (laughs) And, uh, I'm like looking for it everywhere. And then the, my Apple watch beeps and it goes, hi, your heart rate's up. Are you working out? (laughs) And I was like, fuck you, bro. I was like, do you want to record your workout right now? <laughs> In a sense, I am. Thank you I, for noticing. I My hurry was up and I was working out in a sense. Yes. Are and you then, working out right now or are you just excited for beef? <laughs> <laughs> no judgment, but tell me. Um, and then while I was fucking eating my Mongolian barbecue, it beeps again. And I look and it just goes, breathe. And I was like, fuck you. I do not need a Francesca on my arm mm-hmm. at all times. It's too much. <laughs> it's a that little probably means Francesca. you weren't breathing. I was, I was eating. You can't breathe and eat at the same time. <laughs> it has like a you magnet can't. that like holds the food away from your mouth if it's too deep fried. <laughs> it pulls it. No, don't. Don't, piggy. Slow down, you fucking hog. But this isn't a podcast about how I'm a fucking hog piece of shit. No, this is a podcast about The Wire. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. Podcast. The Irish. Pod. 
Season 3. All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, once again, we are going to be talking about from Season 3 of The Wire, Episode 10, Reformation. This came out November 28th, 2004. Vince, off the top of your head, what had happened? What had happened was, Bunny explains metaphor of season, how police kind of like Iraq war. Meanwhile, McNulty explained entire character, why so conflicted. Also, show set up three-way between Marlo, Omar, and Avon, plus Avon drops dime, Rawls drops the soap, and Judge Phelan, Phelan drops mm-hmm. some French. I love it. Meanwhile, I, mean, I dropped the shtick halfway through. You did. You did. You gave up on it. But I'm also, not a seasoned improv professional like well, you've some only of been, our other hosts. You've only been doing this for forty That's years. Not seasoned. Um, I'm seasoned. Well, I mean, I haven't taken a class. Anyways, uh, great synopsis. You were uh, in an improv troupe. Come on. Now. I was not. I was in a sketch comedy troupe. It's fucking different. Same One has I was in an improv troupe. Yes, she was an improv. She's a loser. Menlo Atherton High School. Mm. Shout out to M.A. Shout out to M.A. Uh, But Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode came out? That's right, Matt. As uh, as we always say, you cannot evaluate our divorce from its cultural context. We got to put some of that cultural context back in. And we do that with something that we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day. Machine tells tales, huh? Yeah, contextually speaking, we're going all the way back to November 28th, 2004. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many things were happening. 50 yeah. Americans had been killed in Iraq in the previous two weeks. Oof. Ooh. Uh, probably a lot more Iraqis. I'm not sure. I don't have those numbers in no, front of me. We don't count those. Yeah, no, we only we count, count people. New York Times. Uh, <laughs> 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 and on that note... The Marines are offering a $30,000 bonus for veterans to stay in Iraq. Whoa, $30,000. Uh, 30000 yeah. big ones. Oh, my God. That's a what? To get blown Yeah, up. just you a little get bit. get a down payment on a Dodge Charger that you yeah. pay 27% interest on with get that. Get that H2 you've always wanted. Yeah. It's like the H1, but biggie. Mm-hmm. With the prospect of continued fighting in Iraq, the Marine Corps is offering bonuses of as much as $30,000, in some cases tax-free, to persuade enlisted personnel with combat experience and training to re-enlist. The plan is working, officials said. Less than two months into the fiscal year, Marine re-enlistments rates are uh, up 10 and 30% ahead of last year. So I love it that our, our volunteer army, um, they're also mercenaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind wow. of nice. It's, they're not volunteer in the sense that they don't get paid. Like, obviously. Well, no, of course. They're, vo- they're volunteer as in they went there and then they were like, where's my money so that they could fight. Yeah. Um, as we all know, this uh, season was intended as a metaphor for the Iraq war with you know, the drugs. Uh, so on that note, combining the drugs with the, the war, Whoa. here's a headline from the Daily Telegraph. Or sorry, it's the Independent from the mm. UK. Street price of drugs crashes to record low. Cocaine oh. now cheaper than a glass of wine. 
Oh my mm. God. I remember those days. Yeah. Setback for Blair's Good War Against days. Dealers. Yeah, that was great. I wish I was in London at that time. The average street price of illegal drugs is at the lowest level for a decade, according to new figures. The cost of a line of cocaine is now less than a glass of wine in some okay, parts of who's Britain. Bu- Sorry. <laughs> who's buying a line? That's not... <laughs> One oh, line, hello. please. Pardon oh, me. Oh, oh, Gav. Thank oh, you for lying, yeah? Your finest oh, line. Oh, yeah. oh, you, you got a little bit of nose snow, yeah? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I only want a very little bump. How much? <laughs> Thank you. Sets it out so you can oh, taste it. Or just a proper illick of coke, yeah? <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, the figures show widespread falls in the price of heroin, ecstasy, cannabis, and cocaine, making hard drugs more affordable than ever before to young people. That sounds mm, So what you can do with your $30,000. Yeah, you can buy 30,000 lines of cocaine, yeah. <laughs> Is get high. I forgot that this was kind of a metaphor for the Iraq War, but yeah, yeah. the whole well, hamster dance, you know, Bunny kind of lays it out for you in this one. In this uh, one, he does for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I have nothing. Oh, okay, that's good. Well, that's what you usually contribute. Listen, uh, bitch. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. You know, we always got to throw in a fun little New York Post. Uh, story in here just to keep sure. things light. Yeah. Uh, headline: Stocks blondes. New mag new magazine targets traders. If Gordon if Gordon uh-huh. Gecko subscribed to a magazine, this would be it. Trader Monthly, the first issue of which is on newsstands now, simply oozes the Wall Street character's philosophy of fast cars, hot women, and greed is good. If you thought big swinging bats were relics of the eighties, you haven't spent time at a hedge fund recently. Ugh. There was the, more uh, big swinging bats. Come on. I don't man. even know what dicks. the fuck they're talking about. Big they're swing- trying not to sing, say dicks, but we all know what they meant. Uh, bats? Bats? I've never called my it's dick bullshit. a bat yeah. in my life. Uh, there is more money being made today, said Magnus Greaves, 30, founder of Trader Monthly. Magnus Hedge- Greaves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. His name is Magnus. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm Magnus Greaves. I'm here to sell titties and bonds. <laughs> uh, it's no, time right? to make a magazine for people like me. People who a have magazine, a magazine, as I like to call it. Yeah, a magazine. My my magazine. Hey, you ever you ever t- looking at your portfolio and going, I'm not horny enough. Well, Magnus got you covered. Hedge funds, oil contracts on the NYMEX. It's a record year. But Greaves... Seven zeros, bro, but they're all titties. <laughs> but Greaves, a trader himself, couldn't find a magazine that captured the joys of irrational exuberance. So he jumped in himself, drafting a publication to highlight how the top guys made their money and which cognac they celebrated with. I fucking, oh, I fucking hate this era. Yeah, when this I was... is the... Yep. Oh, please. No, I mean, you were either... Go... You better either be getting... Uh, going over to Iraq and doing some shooting or getting that bag. Otherwise, you're wasting your life. I mean, pretty much. I mean, war is very good, I guess, for the markets. Uh, they were excited. But this was definitely the time of when I was in New York. I was mm-hmm. an activist. Oh, yeah. And I would just, I would also, like, go out pretty hard because I was, like, 21. Yeah, work hard, mm-hmm. play hard. Mm-hmm. So it would be just, like, me like protesting the Iraq war for the umpteenth time and then going out and like dancing at a club and getting into fights with like uh bridge and tunnelers, like these ass and like finance bros. Yeah. 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 You know, and being like, I remember once 
we like finance bros gotten like they they were like we're going to another spot and like we got in a cab with them and then i was like so look you're gonna pay for this because you will make more money in your lifetime (laughs) than i will ever see so bye and and you know what you were right Mm -hmm. and then my cousin candy met us at that new spot vince and was like Mm -hmm. and went up to the finance bros and was like oh my god this is so awkward because we're like really big lesbians anyway (laughs) that does sound like something i got a new new pitch for an article it's called the top 10 cock teasing bitches (laughs) yeah yeah. in greenwich village okay pitch um bitches who you buy them cabs and drinks and don't put out what thoughts anybody <laughs> who wants to take it yeah when i was trading there were a couple of technical magazines stuff that guys looked at all day grief said there was nothing that dealt with the lifestyle of trading the result includes how much a solid meal at ben benson's will set you back seventy-five fifty and eight thousand calories uh-huh. which blend which spl- blended scotch goes down like apple juice chivas royal salute and how to play your pl don't ask there's also Laura, a 21-year-old student bartender model, aren't they all, as the first trader so, dater I fu- feature. Like, I hate, yeah, I hate, I hate whoever this. wrote this. I hate, all I this. hate it so much. This is... Aren't they all? Fuck you! Yeah. As the first trader dater feature that tries to pair rich masters of the universe and the young blondes who love them. Oh. They're high earning and high spending, Greaves said of his readers. They like to blow off steam. Die, 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 Seriously? die, 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 die. Oh, like yeah. every dude in undergrad who I like who was like in business school <sighs> that I debated, I just like get into fucking fights with these assholes. Honestly, though, it makes you go like, I get nine eleven. Like I get <laughs> it. I get it. I know I'm not saying it's good, but I'm a good s- target. I get know? the target. Symbolic. I get the- idea the symbology and also the practical matter kill him just, just kidding yeah i mean so, if yeah. there is a silver cheers lining to bush for, it's cheers that. to george w bush for yeah yeah, yeah, for thank you. yeah. thanks cheney thank you yeah. dick cheney for doing that <laughs> uh so that's been the back in the day machine all right so that is what was going on in america at the time that this episode came out um, this week's Balmer B story uh, is taken from my absolute favorite storyline of this episode that is not even a storyline. Uh, and here's a little clip. Lamar looks for you. He sees the Baltimore gate scene. His disgust is visceral. Lamar walks out and who's that I see? All right, well, you guys. <laughs> pretty good. I mean, excellent. The That's hook, very good. The hook can't be beaten. I mean, it's just like you got to hand it to Bill Withers. Uh, the longest I like that you took ever you, held. You mm-hmm. know, you, you went with a simple idea and you mm-hmm. chose like a simple hook to convey it. And uh, yeah, the result, I, masterpiece. Thank you. You know, I really appreciate it. I do it for the praise mm. and uh, for therapy, I think. <laughs> it's um, not for the money. It's definitely not for the money. I still have, now you're just somebody who loves Furio in my head. Oh, like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's that. I've I th- heard that song a few times recently in public, and yeah. it's just like Furio. Is I right. heard I heard Evanescence's song, the one we did <laughs> from The Sopranos on the radio, and I was like, ours is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's just yeah, better. Yeah. Rawls's gay is actually better, and also best. Yeah, best little button that never gets never gets mentioned, mentioned ever again. again. Uh, it is just but fitting. So that's fitting. A, for I mean, Rawls. that's how you do an Easter egg right there. Just mm-hmm. yes, it is like a little aside about a character, and then just like, yeah, we're gonna put this out there. Doesn't really have to do with the rest of the stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, just a little thing that's fun to know. You know what was great is I was searching to see like, um, what people on the internet are, are saying about the whole Rawls being in a gay club scene. Uh, what it in mean? the year twenty twenty three. Well, I just search the internet generally oh, just sure. to see what happens. Um, and it turns out in the year 2023, what you get is a few people saying like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what's going on, why they didn't expand on it. Maybe they, you know, just decided to abandon a storyline they were thinking of. And then a few, oh, because HBO woke now. And I have to say, that's my favorite guy is guy who sounds like a bot who's just like ready with the oh i guess hbo woke now so wait hbo's woke now because oh because rawls was gay in because rawls was gay in 2004 Hmm. (laughs) no they'd be woke if there was a whole spinoff show about rawls rawls is fabulous you know drag show yeah i mean i would also listen which i'd watch i would say like if you're characterizing this as anything I, i would say it's it's anti-woke it's sort of uh mm. it, it sort of maybe harkens back to a tradition of uh gay coded bad guys uh yeah. and Rawls is not is not gay coded bad guy but he's like by far you know well maybe not by far but probably like the most craven uh yes. straightforward piece of shit character yes. in yes. the wire yes. like he's like the biggest son of a bitch in the show yes. right and then yeah. they're just like yeah also he's gay but you also know what he's gay yeah i liked that they didn't uh me too know, they didn't feel the need because there's already like good gay characters it's obviously right. not like taking a position that no it's he's just doing like because he's gay but yeah. uh you know it's a fun little thing mm-hmm. yeah and you finally you get to put all the clues together and there are a few clues for example um, he is always quick to come out with uh, kind of like a um, a very homoerotic like uh, insult. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He he called uh, McNulty a gaping Irish asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not saying yeah, that... it, it definitely like it adds a different wrinkle to the little smile he has on his face yes, when uh, yes. when Landsman's talking about cranking his fat hog. That's uh, right. That's right. 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 Yeah. So it's, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, "Oh, okay. No wonder he's like a cantankerous piece of shit." Right. Like, he's yeah. like he's probably closeted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seen. You know. But look yeah. how much fun he's having at that gay bar. It's like, oh man. I know. At he least, looks comfortable. At least, yeah. At least Rawls gets to live his his real life somewhere. Good somewhere he lives his truth. Um. But then during the day, he's just calling people gay and cocksucker and gaping Irish assholes. Uh. Kind of, you know, an old timey throwback to the uh, the the trite little I mean, trope that they used to do in everything, like in uh, American Beauty, where it was like, "Oh, this army guy is closet gay, and he's gonna kiss uh, Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey, who was closet gay and yeah, closet I know, rapist." I know. Oh wow, yeah, so much there, and so much there, and there was also like the statutory rape angle of that movie, which also. Well, oh, that also which got, as a got 16 Kevin year old. Spacey she thought trouble. it was hot. 
we don't have to get into it, but I had. We a, should get into I it. I had a four-year obsession with Kevin Spacey events. I'm not sure if you knew that. Everybody and, uh, thought Kevin Spacey was no, hot in the late '90s. It's yes, different. they did. And no, yeah, I I agree. People thought he was My hot. My entire room this was is... plastered with like uh, movie posters. I had the Negotiator. I had American yeah. Beauty. I had a Bug's mm, yeah. Life because he voiced the the. If you had K packs, that's how I know you were. No, K pack. I, I drew the line of K packs. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. After good. after American Beauty, I was like, this is this is it. Yeah. And uh, what what was it? What was your email address? Kevin's Angel at hotmail.com. <laughs> wow! I'll Not say this: even... I remember <laughs> being in a film class at, uh, at in college, and people were just—I forget why this happened—but people were just like naming actors who were good. Yeah. Uh, and and I said Kevin Spacey, and it was such a widely acknowledged as a good answer that the whole room like gasped, gasped, and was like. Oh yeah, he's so good. That's hilarious. <laughs> Here's the thing: he was a great actor. He was. Yeah, but also, still is. Listen, a lot of children. Let yeah. the actors do their time, and uh, and then watch. Let me watch them play make believe because I don't give a shit what they. That's not my problem. What they're doing. Exactly, dude. Let K Pax back. Let's yeah. uncancel K Pax. Let them cook. <laughs> let him cook. That what it was part of. Uh, was, no. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, so go to jail, serve your time. I should but, do a uh, rewatch show of all the oh Kevin Spacey movies. Oh my god, pod yourself a Spacey. <laughs> um, pod yourself some space, which I know, like by heart. <laughs> do it, do it when your guys when you guys are at, like going through a trial separation, and then it can be it's called pod That's yourself some get, space. Yeah, oh, uh, I love that. Or maybe I like some, I need some Spacey. I, yeah, I mm, need some space from Matt Lieb right spacey. now. I've started a podcast, Paul, yourself some spacey from Matt Lieb. about a bizarre obsession. Okay, mm. anyway. Okay, so The Wire. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of great things happen in this episode. Oh, I, mean, I think, sorry, just going back to Rawls. Like, sure. I feel like that does give us uh, like a fun little nugget just because whenever someone is like a craven, calculating piece of shit at their yeah. job, like yeah. whenever you wonder like what... What are you like at home? Why are like are you this much of a piece of shit all the time? I think because uh you know Rawls is clear with his boundaries where he's clear like the person I am at work is not who I am. Right. Mm. Like I think that definitely would free you to be more of a calculating uh you know let's say just little finger type totally. at, uh, at work. Yeah. No, which is, is what I plan to do from now on. What do you plan to do? Be little finger? I plan to be a craven, uh, calculating, uh, like Machiavellian this. son of a bitch in all so, my work dealings. Well, like even in this one? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'll leave that up to the match. No, don't do it to me. I'm, <laughs> not, about me. not me. I'm good. No, yeah. It's he, it's funny to see like, oh, Rawls does not take any of this home with him. Yeah. Yeah, and, he really doesn't. Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that he lives a completely different life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's the reverse McNulty. When he when the clock when he's off the clock, he's happy and having yeah. a good time. Whereas McNulty, who's good at the job. Uh, and, is miserable twenty four seven. Yeah, he's he's miserable and he hates his life. Uh, here is a uh, which a is clip. a disaster. Here's a clip of the aforementioned scene. Buy you a drink? Why the fuck you coming up behind me? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there it 
There he is, dog. There he is. I mean, it's a uh, little sad he's wearing a sweater to a gay bar. Like, it would have been nice if he was just. I bet it was cashmere, I mean, he's though. He's still the old dude in the club. You know That's what I true. mean? Like, yeah, he's, he's putting out that. Yeah, he's putting out that daddy he's vibe. He's not going That's home true. with anybody. That, well, I yeah, I mean, I mean, he he's just there to watch. He's going to put someone in a paddy wagon, and he's got. You don't want to know what Rawls gets into. You know <laughs> what I mean? Mm. If you think he's fucking weird at work, just so. Wait till you're, you have his, his dick in your mouth. All right. Um, but yes, uh, what I love about that scene with Lamar is that uh, a guy comes up behind him at a gay bar to, you know, to hit on him. And he's just like, oh, what are you coming up behind me for? And then he pushes a random guy. He's like <laughs> mad. He's yeah. immediately mad at all gay men. And he he's pulled a, he pulled a Ron Artest. He got the wrong guy. That's right. That's right. He pulled a Ron Artest. He got the wrong guy. And now he has to change his name to Meta World Peace. Basketball. Mm -hmm. It's a great sport. Mm, um, no idea. But he definitely, like, he could have just been saying, like, oh, why are you doing gay sex to me? Yeah, yeah. What? yeah. Behind me? That's where gay things happen. Yeah. It's like, that's, uh, that's what we do here, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is that Mazone was 100% right when he gave him this task of being a uh, bait for Omar. Um, this storyline is great. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny because it's like when he tells him, like, you're going to be the perfect bait. You're going to go into the bar. Like, you're a little curious. Like, what does that mean? How is him going in there and asking about Omar? Like, how's that going to play out? And then when it yeah. does play out, you're like, oh, oh that was that's, smart. That's that how smart. plan work. I get it now. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he he tells him straight up. Going, why sorry, yeah. I'm interrupting you again, but I Please. feel like if this was an Aaron Sorkin show, there would have mm. been a walk and talk where Brother Mazone like carefully explains to Lamar exactly how the plan is going to work before right. yes. they get into the plan. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. It would have held your hand and it would have just been fucking awful. Uh, instead, you are just left as confused as Lamar is to this weird plan that Mazone has uh, come up with. Uh, and I have a clip of that. Bait, Lamar. They'll see you as conflicted. Your homophobia is so visceral. You see that? I ain't even stepped inside the joint yet, and you calling me a cocksucker already. <laughs> <laughs> Just points him. Right, you in the right place? I'm looking for someone named Omar. No last name. Scar across his face and shit. Scarface name Omar? Sounds different. That <laughs> can't help you. You drinking? I, I really love Scarface name Omar sounds different. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, listen, we're into a lot of fun sex stuff here. I yeah. don't know your Scarface named Omar thing, but it yeah, yeah. sounds like a good Probably time. Probably doesn't hang here. Yes. Oh, sounds Def like it. Definitely mm. doesn't hang here. Um, but uh, yeah, so to explain the storyline, we don't know why Mazone wants Omar. We just know that he is in town. He's back in yeah. Baltimore. He's got Lamar in tow, and he's here. Because the way we left it last season, uh, yes. Mazone, Omar basically comes to the realization that he's been... Uh, he's been had. He's been had, and someone was trying to get him to take to kill out Mazone. Omar, or sorry, take out Mazone for him. So, right. And now, yeah. now it's like, is Mazone angry that he shot him, or right. are they going to team up? What yeah. is going to happen? Yeah. yeah. What's yeah, happening? Yeah. Suicide Squad. What if the Which two least believable characters on this show teamed up together? Wouldn't that be tight? Wouldn't it be? Oh crazy? come on! How many hitmen have you met? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's we true. don't know any personally, but the idea that they would be so fabulous just feels fake. At the same time, 
It's a TV show. It's true. Yeah. So so it's nice to have uh, some fun superhero. No, characters. it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um. You are. You are like if they talk instead of just fight. Yeah. Right. It's over. Yeah. It's gay for them to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but uh, so Mazone. I'll tell you what. What? So Mazone showed up. Uh, mm-hmm. There's that first scene, and when he says "slow train coming," and he says "reform." Yeah, that could have I could have done without that. I could have done without that. Scene. Okay, but here's my theory. Well, let me let me play the cold open for you, um, for everyone here. So otherwise, that... like really solid uh, storyline. Oh sure. Man, I don't know where we are. We are in Baltimore, Lamar. Baltimore, Maryland. What happened to all them towers? Slow train coming. Huh? Reform, Lamar. Reform. Okay, here's how I feel about this. Um, I don't. I can't tell you the reasons why. All I can tell you is Lamar must fucking hate Brother Mazone. <laughs> he is yeah. the meanest boss anyone has ever had. Like, th- it opens with him being like, "I don't know where where we're where we're at." Assuming he's like, I don't know what part of Baltimore we're in, what street we're on. And he's like, we're in Baltimore, you fucking moron. Yeah. Now, where's my Harper's? Like, <laughs> yeah. the dude must hate him. He got in the car with him, like, at what, in New York? Like, Definitely. Uh, under the idea that they were going to dinner. Yeah, right. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gay gonna, bar. I thought you were going to give me my Christmas bonus. I'll <laughs> bust this bonus in your ass with lead or something. You'd say <laughs> something cool. Um, yeah, this is, so, this is also, uh, the reference apparently comes from a Bob Dylan song, uh, after his reform con- conversion to Christianity, uh, in 1979. Um, oh boy. The image in the refrain of a slow train coming around the bend has slow been train. interpreted as a symbol of the coming apocalypse and as a symbol of salvation. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is kind of like that. Uh, God, why am I thinking of the wire? Uh, not the wire, the, um, the other one, you know, Sopranos. Sopranos yeah. But it's a little bit of the, uh, like the Starbucks scene of the Sopranos. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. exactly, but like this. Yeah. these are the changes. That's what I the thought. franchises, the gentrification. Right. The, yes. You know, they're doing some developments, uh, probably some like uh, luxury condos where the towers used to be. That's what I kind of I assumed that the line the was. The old ways are going. Right. I, I assumed that that was from something that where that was the reference to find out that it's. Bob, Dylan Bob Dylan's Christian. Christian era makes me want to die. How long did that last? <laughs> like the uh, 80s. Yeah, okay. really <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. I feel like people always talk shit about Bob Dylan going electric. And they're like, I can't believe he did that. Oh, just you wait. He's going to go Christian. <laughs> just you wait till someone starts interpreting the meaning of his lyrics. I know. Ugh, way worse. Um, but yes, so we know that he's going after omar and it actually does work out like you say at the end um you know after going from gay bar to gay bar um lamar uh omar's boyfriend catches up with him and sneaks up behind him to be like you know oh you're looking for someone and then mazone sneaks up behind him Mm -hmm. knocks him out and then that's how that storyline ends it's very bugs bunny it is very Bugs Bunny. I feel like every time I see someone get knocked out, uh, I'm like, if it were me, I'd just be like on the ground going, oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I've never been knocking someone on the back out. of the head does not usually knock them out right? as far as I've ever seen. I've never seen that. The only time I've ever seen someone get knocked out, it's when they got hit in the chin. That's yeah, the, the only chin time. or behind the ear usually uh, is where when knockouts happen. I've I not mean, the seen whole ploy it, uh... is like Bugs Bunny, you know, like or very cartoony. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that too. Yes, I mean it is. I mean, if he literally chloroformed him, that would have been uh, <laughs> right. I feel like Lamar is like dressed like when Bugs Bunny dresses up like a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's a hot girl bunny yeah that is he paints a big tunnel on the side of a... yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, right yeah, right, yeah. right. I like it yeah. slow train coming coming through here <laughs> the slow train coming is a who wants cartoon. to see the slow train mm-hmm. eh, ain't I a stinker <laughs> um, so yes uh, that is what happens with that and we'll see what happens in future episodes um, but okay Let's talk about some of the other storylines in general. Summarize, Vince. What did you think of this episode? Uh, I mean, I would say it's a fantastic episode. Like you said, it is one of the most uh, we have accepted that we are a TV show yes. episodes of The Wire. Um, it also follows like the general pattern of the wire seasons where everything seems to come to a head in the, the last, the, in the, in the, like the, th- the second and third to last episodes mm-hmm. of the season. Um, yeah. yeah. Great episode. I like, sure. Bunny explains the central metaphor of the season. McNulty yeah. explains all of the thoughts that have gone into his character up until now. Yes. But uh, when the wire has spent like three seasons, not doing that, you're kind of like, Oh, that was nice. Plus yeah. they actually put some thought, into those themes mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think i uh i think i agree with david simon on policing i'm not going to say it on twitter but uh i think uh i think i'm kind of uh, kind of on his side with this one you mean that uh police are essentially an occupying army and that is uh their their yes, main that, that is the central problem with policing is that they are an occupation they're seeing force. Them, they're seeing themselves as an occupying force, which mm-hmm. uh, colors. And then, you know, it's great when, like, all these, like, like the first thing that happens when uh, when Prez shoots the other cop is people are like, oh, was it about race? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no one really knows, because that's not really, like, a question that's answerable in many cases. It's like, Prez mm-hmm. doesn't really know himself. The people that he's closest with in the, in the police department, they're like, well, maybe it was. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. all you can really say a lot of times. Like maybe. Yeah. So it's right. Like, I mean, and so we, we constantly think that that's like the way to go about it is to like, Oh, what if we interrogated human nature of where you uh, are less mm-hmm. inclined to see the humanity of people that don't look like you? What if we, right. what if we went at it that way? And it's like, I don't think that that is necessarily like a fixable problem. It goes uh, deeper than that because the entire than that and it's point just not, of yes. the police has become to be an occupying uh to be an occupying force in neighborhoods mostly uh poor neighborhoods and neighborhoods of color uh and so like that's why i think race is interrogated in a lot of those issues and i you know it's intertwined it's just not like the the idea that you're gonna you you know how you're gonna fix the police is if you solve racism and it's like oh okay okay, yeah right right. yeah all right that's okay no no yeah the the cops are like a a tool of white supremacy so you it's a fucking let's 
Take away this tool or rein in this fucking tool first. Abolish the police uh, is what I say. Vince. I remember loving, I, now it's all coming back to me and how I was like, hell yeah, you know, because I, again, anti-war activist, like, oh, it is like an occupying army. And so like the wire in a big way, which is why I'm always like, every time someone has like a shit take on the police or uh, I'm always like, you clearly haven't seen the wire, you know, or especially uh, leftists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I'm like, just watch the wire. You don't even, you don't really have to like read the new Jim Crow though. You should read the new Jim Crow. Like, but you don't have to read. You could just watch the wire. And yeah. for sure, this is one of those, it is an occupying force. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you see it in, uh, Amsterdam, especially, uh, throughout this whole season. Um, the first time that, you're there, you know, Bunny has created a system in which he's not, um, he's like, what if we stop? Uh, her alarm went off. It said, take a smoothie. Take, I don't know why <laughs> instead of drink a smoothie. No, take, take a one. Smoothie. Take a smoothie. It's um, because I need to eat a yes, lot. Yes, you do. Because I'm nursing. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, well, Vince, how about this? You explained to me what Bunny meant when he was talking about being an occupying force. I mean, you, you have to unpack that. <laughs> no, like talk about it though. Well, he's saying, uh, you know, uh, once you call it a war, then you start having warriors. Like if you start going out there, seeing, uh, you see your your other your fellow police as like a brotherhood to be protected, mm -hmm. and uh, the people that you're policing as like the uh, the the enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, then you you dehumanize them in some way, in some crucial way, where you're not thinking that you're of that community. You're thinking that you're outside of it and that they are right. the enemy to be feared. And I think that's usually what most police shootings come down to, is people, is some cop being like, terrified that uh you know this enemy it might have a weapon on him or whatever mm -hmm. like that right. that's yeah. usually what it comes down to and so yeah. i don't know the whole thing about like abolition or not like it, feel, it feels all very semantic like the pr right. problem is like that mentality and and you know then it becomes a matter of like well what's the solution well to what's that so mentality? fucked is that it's I all i don't have like strong feelings uh, about what that is because i don't know I mean, I, I was just going to say that I think that, you know, you need everyone like people who aren't over-policed on board as well. Right. Um, and the problem is I do think like it reminds me of like I remember in high school with like the civics portion of like the last year, your senior year, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like 15 minutes of civics. Bye, you know. Right. Um, and it was like a black student and a white student, both of whom were my friends, like had completely opposite experiences with the police. One lived in like East Palo Alto and was like, yeah, yeah, we have to be behind our fences at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then my other friend who I knew uh, was like escorted home by a cop when she was too drunk. Yeah. In her car, meaning he just tailed her and was like, okay, oh, he you're let good. Her, yeah. He let her drive and, home? And, yeah. And the whole, <laughs> the whole class just fell silent and it was like, well, you know, yeah. like, and, and yeah. you know, well, that's the way of the world. That's the way of the world. And so, like, and obviously, the cops are the ones in, you know, my my black friend's neighborhood, being like, you got to get behind your own fence. So right. yeah, it's it's. Uh, They're an occupying force. The reason people like the cops is because they never fucking see them. Right. If you saw them all the time in your neighborhood, actually, and you wouldn't like them differently by them. Well, oh right. yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, what I love about Bunny's experiment here is that it, rather than like it coming from a place of him 
you know, I think you're right, Vince, in that he's like kind of just saying the the point out loud. Yeah. Uh, um, but the place that it came from originally wasn't just like this grand idea of like we have to end this war on drugs. No, no. But yeah, Bunny doesn't have a grand idea. He's no. Just, uh, he saw. He his motivator was seeing like a cop get shot, which was just like, well, this right. seems stupid. He's, like, how a do cop we, get what's shot a better solution to this for no real reason for like if he hadn't gotten shot, he would have they just would have busted people for a couple of vials, which is like, why? It was all right, pointless. Right, right. And I think the impetus was that plus uh, the mayor uh, demanding a huge reduction in crime. Uh, and it was like a five percent or something. It was an arbitrary number, and uh, he ends up going like, "Well, one way to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> is to make drugs essentially legal, and uh, to uh, stop policing them, uh, you know, uh, everywhere, and just go like, let's let's only police them in these spots and push everyone into Amsterdam." And uh, what I love is this is the episode in which it's all going to come to light. A Sun Papers reporter comes over. Herc is snitched. And uh, I forgot Herc was a snitch. Yeah, Herc is a snitch. He's talking to the reporter. And then the reporter talks to Bunny and Bunny realizes, okay, uh, our days are numbered on this thing. So finally, he goes to Comstat and he explains exactly what he did. And I have that scene right here. Rounding up all the mid-level dealers in my district. Making them offer they couldn't refuse. I was able you to. You made them an offer? Yes, sir. Either they move their people to one of three designated areas, or they face the wrath of every able bodied soul in my district. Major, I don't understand. How were you able to. Jesus Christ, go- you nit. Don't you see what he's done? He's legalized drugs. <laughs> Actually, I elected to ignore them. You lost your fucking mind. He's lost his fucking mind. You in my office now. (laughs) He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't legalize them. I'm just pretending that we don't have laws. <laughs> That's it's fucking beautiful. And like uh, watching. I mean, he's right. And to some degree, like there are some laws that are that we have that are not emphasized and uh, completely, you know, completely. No, Hamsterdam is the best storyline of season. <laughs> like I fucking love Hamsterdam because yeah. it's perfect. It just encapsulates. I mean, like in a non-Sorkin way, it's just like, yeah, this is exactly what's wrong with the drug war, with policing. Right. Everything there's there's we're busting these small time like minors, basically, for a couple of vials, children for a couple of vials to um, like juke our stats, but not too much because then it'll be like their crime is high. But like, you know, anyway, we catch and release like the whole thing is ridiculous. Right. It's a game that politicians play in order to get elected. And this is nothing shows that more than this season and the way Hamsterdam works, Uh, especially after Bunny um, goes to Burrell's office in the next scene and, um, you know, shows him all of the letters that he has where he's like, these are letters from like people who live in all these neighborhoods who are really, really happy that uh, they can like, walk outside and like shit like like the drug trade is not on every fucking stoop uh in the neighborhood um 
and Burrell, oh, hey, speaking of selling drugs. Yeah, hey, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the cops are here to help me sell drugs and my alarm went off, so I need to like take a smoothie. So I think we should take, take a smoothie. Break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that <laughs> smoothie, dude. All take right, it. well. Take it to the house. <laughs> I'll finish my very, very important point later. It was going to be good. People were going to love it. But you know what? We got to sell some ads. So stick around and we will be right back. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesac.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you, you, know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc and we're back um so like i was saying uh you know bunny is telling rawls like uh, telling rawls and burrell that uh hey you know um, people actually like this and it's working and we're getting a reduction in crime and all that stuff. And, and Burrell is mostly just afraid of being, you know, like fucked over this. Um, yeah. And, they're all like, you think this is going to keep me from getting yelled at? Oh, yeah. Boy, right. You yeah. Wrong? You've got, you got another thing coming. Uh, and then he immediately goes to the mayor and does exactly what bunny does. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I have a clip of that. These are letters from people in his district, ministers, business people, voters, all glowing reports. And there's the 14% reduction in crime in the Western. That's not an anomaly. 
It's hard data. 14%. If we handle this right, we might all get out from underneath. No mud on anybody. No. No, this thing goes wrong, no telling the damage. On this, you walk point. That's the way things work, Irv. You know it as well as I do. If you could call this shit something other than what it is, don't even think it. I fucking love that so much because as much as they know that this is bad, like, they're not sure why this is bad, but they're like, I know this is bad for some no, they, reason. Uh, they know exactly why it's bad. Like, yeah, they, know, they know that Bunny's plan is is the best one to solve the problem. It's like in in football coaching, like mm-hmm. everybody sort of knew that uh that that the stats would tell you to to go for it on fourth down a lot less, mm-hmm. but no coach wanted to do it because the minute you become like the the first coach that decides to like go for it on fourth down more often and and then it doesn't work out like you've put yourself out, out there on a limb as the guy who does something different and they're gonna be like well this idiot this look yeah. at this right look what this is like you've taken ownership over something like that's the first and, rule yes, of yes. anything corporate is you don't take ownership of anything because yes. the second that thing that you take ownership uh, of you know maybe goes wrong for someone or that's or, on or, you or happen- yeah that's on you like you've owned that uh failure and you're gonna get fired the second it doesn't go right so well, he's he like knows. yeah it's like yeah, the, the moment where it goes political where you're yeah, like the minute well, this- that old lady who's who still lives in the stupid row house yes. uh complains and, and goes to the paper like he's gonna own that and be, and people are gonna be like and it's gonna be a big campaign issue now i mean this is like it's kind of the it's the fucking catch 22 that I think a lot of cities even of course now mm-hmm. are sucking the stats show like, you know, uh, small petty crimes, drug related crimes. We like over police them mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't actually help. It doesn't re- you know, lead to less people committing that those right. crimes. Recidivism is really high, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, the neighborhood doesn't like us, but if we pull back, it's politically unpopular. Right. The papers hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just stuck. Crime. Even though the data proves that this is actually what works. Right. Um, you can never, you, you never actually get out of it because you got to be reelected. Or whatever. Right. But I will say what I love about that scene in particular is that he does have one thing that puts a little bit of blood in Royce's boner, which is the 14% decrease in, in crime. And he's just like, oh, but paper also like that. Mm. Like he's conflicted because yeah. is he like knows maybe that this he good, can... but probably not. You're never going to win that. You're never, yeah. right. You, you, right. Just, you know, like I feel like this whole scene is like, you, how can they spin this? Right. Yes. How can we spin I this mean, and not call it legalization? Yeah. They're like, how can I, how can I skate right. through by doing things mostly the same mm-hmm. is uh, usually the way they're thinking about it rather than like, ooh, right. what if I do this big maverick plan that's completely the, different? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no. that's not going to, no. Yeah. Yeah. You've, but, you know, what we, and we will see what happens in subsequent episodes. Recall Royce. Yeah, well, in a, the next few episodes, you see them a little bit playing with the idea that maybe, you know, because they really are in love with the reduction in crime because he knows a reduction in crime is going to get him reelected. And so he's like, oh, I like this a lot. If nobody knows that we're doing this, 
is it bad? Like if a tree falls in the woods, you know, does uh, do the yeah. voters, you know, it's, like, how it's can a reproduction. It's a for, it's a fucking right. Like, but you you can't sell that to voters. So no. if no one knows it's going on, that's that's what he is playing with here. Yeah, he knows and, he's trying to think, how can I rebrand this as something boring and not something right and not something we legalize right. drugs. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that later on. Um Let's talk about what's going on uh, with McNulty in this episode. We'll do a little McNulty. Um, McNulty is currently mourning uh, his mm-hmm. lost, his his newest, his lost boner, his lost, yeah, his newest lost boner, his fallen boner. Yes, uh, his fallen soldier, his dick. Um, he had sort of a fling with uh terry diagostino who's uh carchetti's like campaign manager or whatever and uh it all kind of went to shit and he's telling kima about it and um he explains his character in a way that i think is so fucking perfect that uh yeah because he's telling you exactly how this character was conceived yes uh and it's it's so perfect that it should be on his gravestone. The button on the elevator doesn't even go there because you have some fucking special key to even get to that special fucking floor. So I go to the front desk, some sneering fuck calls upstairs, give me permission to go get laid. Now listen to the shit she talks about. First time in my life I feel like a fucking doormat. Like I'm just a breathing machine for my fucking dick. <laughs> I'm serious. More moments later. Is that Beanie Russell? Looks like. <laughs> Sweet bitches, Russell. Oh no, it's some other bitch. Say, hey, what's hey. your name, though? Hey, you kind of look like this one girl, though. Um, let me get that number. Let me get that number. <laughs> yeah, McNulty. He's in a classic uh, too dumb for New York, too ugly for LA situation. Yeah, I know. I know. He can only fucking Baltimore and the like larger, you know, the greater Baltimore. Oh, he's like area. an eleven in Baltimore. Though. Oh yeah, in Baltimore, he's the hottest man who's ever lived. It's, I mean, and the smartest. Next yes. to Lance Reddick, but yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. Uh, he's the hottest white man who's ever lived yeah, in yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is very funny. This, uh, speaking of that, um, this episode also has um, Rhonda just getting it from all sides. Every dude around Rhonda Perlman wants to fuck her. Rhonda is the f- best name for like someone who was like, oh, yes. put on earth to get everybody horny. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> In Baltimore. Yeah, it's a, a, a civil servant who makes you horny. I love it because she is... Like a, I just feel like also there's like a redhead in bureaucracy. Yes, like, yeah. is the hottest look, person. Yes. Look at that firecracker. Yes, she's the most yeah. fuckable lady at the DMV. And it is like so great watching her getting hit on by Judge Phelan, who's just like speaking French to her well, for no she said, fucking reason. No, she said, uh, you know, she said something and then she said, pardon, pardon my, French. my French. And then Judge Phelan took that as a invitation yes. to speak some French to her. Yes. And, <sighs> and hit on her blatantly in French, yeah. which... Uh, I'm sure always works. I'm sure always works. No one's ever not gotten laid speaking French. And badly. judges, judges never act like this. No, no, no. Judges are normal, good <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, upstanding. Upstanding. <sighs> Pardon my French, Your Honor. Je parle français bien. 
a tool. Très charmant. How should we? God, that guy Jesus. fucks. That is a... Uh, the most fucky judge i love that he's fucky and i love that um ronda is surrounded I, again it's like you know kudos to the casting people for deciding to cast this show with regular looking people yes. mm -hmm. like from also, yeah yeah ronda to teresa diagostino like not casting people who are just hot 20 something starlets to yeah, play yeah, these yeah. roles judge normal and yeah. judge failing himself yeah, it's it's like uh, it's excellent because. But for the right for the amount of like dripping misogyny that mm -hmm. the characters spew, yeah, the casting and you like the casting isn't isn't misogynist. Isn't misogynistic. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, they look just as normal as the dudes look. Right. Yeah. Um, and, like the, and, yeah. Yeah. Jagasino has way too thick of a neck. I have to she say, she has this. the thickest and neck. It, it, it's always bothered me, <laughs> yeah. and I don't mean to be fucked up about it. <laughs> no. I just don't think short hair works on her. <laughs> And I See, felt that, like, I, like I'm the, that way with uh, I'm that way with Carcetti's wife with her haircut. I'm like, yeah, okay, she, that they, they I get both, that she's supposed to look normal, but that is a straight up eyesore. Like someone's got to do something about that. <laughs> yeah, she has a worse Terry. Forgot, is it a Karen? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a Karen, oh, uh, okay. but it's uh, they they both have the like short cut going on. I don't know. I think it looks good on her and uh, on it, has, I it think makes it looks her good face like look like an upside down bowling pin somehow. Like that's it's very hot. weird. Yeah, okay. yeah. Is she going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Judge Phelan, I love the thought process that went into that, uh, that, you know, shooter shoot kind of situation where he's like, well, I've been in the debate club my entire life. Yeah. Uh, if I just hit on this, uh, woman as if she has only been in debate clubs her entire <laughs> life, yes. I will impress her with this arcane knowledge and, uh, yes. and that will lead to sex. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, and, um, uh McNulty has a scene later on where he's mad that they're, you know, trying to get Phelan to be the guy to uh, you know, uh approve these orders for wiretaps. And uh he just kind of goes off on Phelan for like not to like I'm not even I don't fully remember what Phelan did to fail McNulty, but I remember it was sort of tied up with his reelection. Yeah, he kind of dimed him out, or like, yeah, he. No, yeah, he I, forget, I forget exactly. He what. couldn't he hung him out like, to dry. He, I guess, but it was like one of those things where he's the only fucking reason that McNulty got as gotten as far as he has right. with the Barksdale sure. organization. You, also using you know, Rhonda. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what happened during that scene? What? Uh, my wife turned to me and was like, "You are totally the McNulty." Uh, like you are, you are absolutely a McNulty, uh, in of the relationship. No, just in like my attitude towards, uh, management and, uh, yes, yes. And authority oh. in general. I and thought I you meant like, just mm. like a breathing machine for your dick, but <laughs> and that <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. You must have small lungs then <laughs> <laughs> little dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, McNulty just like, he's like, nah, he's a piece of shit. And uh, Daniel's like, we're all pieces of shit when we're in your way. And you just realize it's like, yeah, McNulty has that thing that um, my dad does, which is like hold a grudge forever. And everyone lives in this binary of being like a great guy or a piece of shit. Uh, and um, you guys know my dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. yeah. I mean, as the seasons go on, he very slowly slips from being the protagonist to being like the. Why are you so yeah, such a little yeah. bitch? Can you like, stop being a bitch? Yeah. For like a little bit. Listen, yeah. but he's also his attitude is like, listen, I want to do 
the job right. as I understand it. And uh, people that get in my way uh, are become my enemies. And yes, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I understand that mentality. Like, listen, <laughs> oh, no, try listen. To, try to zero, do his job. Zero diplomacy. I get that too. Are you yeah. Oh, me? yeah. Francesca is literally yeah. McNulty. She will yell at every boss for saying like, hey, um, can I talk to you for a second? And she'll be like, fuck you. And it's like, you <laughs> didn't, didn't even say nothing. Um, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, meanwhile, fucking Stringer is out there uh, dropping dimes. Looking fine. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, some of my favorite, well, my favorite scene in this mm-hmm. whole episode is uh, when when Prop Joe comes to Stringer and was like, yo, we done took us a vote. Uh, yeah. Got us a quorum and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and also when the other guy says, man, you're harder to get, you're harder to get at than my fat wife's fat cunt. Wife's cunt. <laughs> I have a clip of that very scene and, uh, oh boy, it's great. Yo, make it short, man. I got a meat to make. Oh, fuck the meat. You harder to get at to my fat wife's cunt, nigga. Hey, you know how many bucks they was gonna afford to sit back and play low key. Well, some of us gotta work for goddamn. I'm sorry, but the <laughs> amount of shade, the strays yeah. that his yeah. poor just fat wife just took, yeah. is <laughs> full border round straight to the dome. <laughs> Fucking, he needs to go to therapy. Seriously. Like, the look <laughs> on Stringer's like, <laughs> face was just like, what was that about? <laughs> like, yeah, he yeah. wasn't even offended. He was like, wait, 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 what's going on with you and your yeah, the, the, the picture that you managed to paint of your entire <laughs> relationship in like four words of a simile. Holy incredible, shit. Incredible. Incredible <laughs> work. Definitely. They brought a poet. Yeah, they should have brought a poet. <laughs> it's like, it is one of my absolute, like, that line just kind of. I don't know, pass me by maybe the first few times I've watched the show. And while I was watching this episode with Francesca, I was like, wait, what the fuck did he just <laughs> say? I will say that line is so funny that like upon first watch, you don't realize how funny everything else that prop Joe says in the same meeting is because yes. like, like prop, prop that is like prop Joe's fucking magnum opus. These three fat drug dealers, uh, like talking about murder as mm-hmm. if they're like a local Shriners club and they yes. decided to uh, like vote Stringer out of his little car. And yeah. He's like, yeah, we done took <laughs> us a vote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he tells him you have to, uh, you know, rein in your dog. Uh, and yeah. uh, you don't get you... to play kickball with us anymore. Right. Exactly. Because Avon's dropping too many bodies or whatnot. Yeah. Because Avon is, aggressive. Yeah. No, because Avon has basically started a war with Marlowe over right. some corner petty corner bullshit which is bad for everyone's business now everyone is you know having to be fucking extra careful everyone's losing money and all because avon you know does not want to he's participate. the McNulty of the drug world he in a way he is uh he's like if yeah i mean it's like he is as stubborn as mcnulty um but at the very least I don't know. They both are doing something that is completely like arbitrary. Like like it is just based on their idea of what the right way to do their job is. Yeah, it's like, based on mostly on spite. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. But they are so, sort of correct in like realizing that the game is about spite. Like that's what they are going to get out of it. Right. The difference between McNulty and Avon is that 
when Avon is like, no, corners and violence and muscle matters, he's not wrong. Whereas he's not like, wrong, but he's also go, he's also doing it bad. Like he doesn't where he's wrong is he doesn't realize that how much better Marlo is at this. Yes. Right, right, right. My favorite little moment in this episode uh, with Avon and, you know, going to war is when he's showing off his grenade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, when he says the word meters, you know. Yeah, she got a kill range of like 50 meters. <laughs> she never got this from some soldier coming back from wherever. Rick, where'd you get a hand grenade? I don't know. <laughs> Something about him holding hand grenade. Yeah, he's got really an army hat on and he's talking in meters and yeah, streets. Yeah. Like, bro, so, bro, come on. He's now. talking about the kill range of a fucking <laughs> yeah. frag. Yeah. He's, he's, doing, like, he's become a tactical dad. Yes, he has. He's like a fucking Call of Duty <laughs> Xbox guy who's yeah, just like, a, um, I could do a 360 scope right now, but he's I, a 57 I don't year old dad who's, who's so convinced funny. he's an operator because he bought a tactical <laughs> flashlight. <laughs> It's so great. Yeah, it's it's such a perfect way to open the scene of like, oh, this guy is on some different shit. And like, he's yeah, so he's, he's on one. He's like being goofy. He's being goofy, and like Stringer points out rightly that he looks like a fucking fiend. He looks like a dope fiend because he's like he's like scratching himself. He's just like fucking. Oh yeah, we just gotta get. We just gotta you know. We just gotta get Marlowe and everything back to normal. You know, it's like people like trying to fucking smoke crack and get to Valhalla you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just like you're not gonna you're not gonna get there dog you know uh and he just doesn't see it because he's obsessed um meanwhile fucking Marlo mm. is he does quite the hit in this episode um where uh Devon who's the girl who like seduced him at the club uh they had sex in a car and then she tried to have him killed, uh, you know, at the lake trout place. Um, uh, she's leaving her house and uh, Marlo goes after her. Uh-oh. And I have that clip. Devon. Working with working Avon. with, uh, with Avon, Avon okay. yeah, yeah. She was she used, used the honey pot or the yeah. honey trap. She was used as bait um, to get uh, Marlo to go on a date, and uh, then they were going to do a, a like a drive. They were going to kill him, and Marlo realized it all felt a little that's like suspicious, right. and right. so Snoop and Chris Partlow are like scoping out the place, and they see Devon go up to a car and like take some money and stuff, and it's like, oh, she's getting. She's getting paid to, you know, help uh, Avon do a hit. And so they shoot up the car and Avon gets shot in the shoulder. Um, and it's pretty great. But yeah, fucking Marlo is just better at this game. Uh, He's the new Avon, who's a little yeah. more ruthless than Avon and uh, yeah, a little and, younger. And a lot smarter. Um, not as fun. Not, as, not fun. as fun. That's the thing about Marlo is that he is, um, he's so business oriented yeah and what i mean is that's how gaming any system works it's like yeah at first you get the people who 
you know, you get the advertising guys who are like, all right, if we just convince uh, all these dumbasses to buy this thing, mm-hmm. we can uh, prosper. Uh, and then you get like a generation that goes by and uh, they turn into people that they think the game is like, the game is only the game. Like they don't think right. about it's not even for any any there's sort no, of benefit. It's right. There's no like, reason for it. It's the game. Yeah, it is for the benefit of the game. And yeah, uh, yeah he's, you know, whereas like Stringer is kind of, he is just about the business. He's like, oh, what if this was Starbucks? You know, right, why right, can't right, why right. can't we be entrepreneurs? And he and Bunny in some alternate right. universe. Actually, that wouldn't really work because you have to legalize drugs. You sort of cut the entire no, businessman out. The, you well, know. no, but that I, I do think that that, you know, like Stringer definitely goes on to like they have like the open same a dream. bunch of marijuana shops in California yes, or Florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then he realizes that the profit margin isn't as good when the product isn't illegal. And he's right, like, oh, shit, yeah. now I got to actually work hard. This sucks. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah. He can't just wear a suit and be like, I am businessman. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, The thing about Marlo, and I said this, you know, a few episodes ago, but uh, is that he marries the two. He is both Avon. He's the best parts of Avon and the best parts of Stringer um, without the naivete of Stringer and without the fucking just like chest puffingness of Avon. Like So not fun. He's totally not fun. For me, not fun, not hot. No saving grace well, of Marlo. I was just like the whole not week, hot. Not he likes hot, pigeons. in my opinion. He's good to pigeons. He's, he's a like pigeon a ske- guy. He's got a skeletal, creepy vibe. Yeah, but like he's got cat eyes and he's got yeah. high. You know what his saving true. grace that's is? True, that's true. What he's a he's a good manager. He recruits the right people. He's a good yes. delegator. Like he's got he's on the ball when it comes to recruitment. Like Chris mm-hmm. and Snoop, mm-hmm. obviously like the best Gr- muscle yes. that, that a guy right. could have. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Stringer's trying to get new soldiers on ZipRecruiter.com slash yeah. the wire. He's, yeah, he's doing task rabbits and shit. He's yeah, exactly. Bad. Yeah. He's he's getting all of his, you know, fucking drugs from Uber Eats. I don't know. I'm trying to continue it, but I'm tired. Uh <laughs> but yeah. Marlo is doing it the right way. He's promoting from within and that's uh, right. And he's, you know? Yeah, and he knows training. how to he knows how to, rec- he knows how to recruit and nurture talent. Yes, yeah, he yeah, does. Exactly. And he knows how to do in-company training. He knows how to train his people. We see that later in season. There's just a ceiling in Avon's crew, you know? There is. And it just feels like in Marlo's crew, like, you know, you can really, like, you, you can, know, grow within the company. Yes, you can. And stock options. Yeah, you yeah. Know, good with options. Avon, you got these idiots, like, undercutting you. Right. Uh, pulling up to the, the, the gunfight way too early, getting you shot. Right. Exactly. It's much We're, better to be around competent people. This is why you don't get your soldiers on Indeed.com. Mm-hmm. Just the algorithm's not good enough to get no, good soldiers. No, no, you can't. You don't want to do that. You know? It's people mm-hmm. you know. Oh, indeed. And Omar <laughs> actually invented that. This yeah. sounds like some kind of like... NPR, uh, you know, <laughs> fucking podcast yeah. ad break where you're like, yeah. you know where you get the best yeah, soldiers right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the yeah. game. Exactly. ZipRecruiter.com. I'm Mickey Meek. And when I'm finding my soldiers, I go <laughs> to BlueApron.com. <laughs> it's this Baltimorean life. I'm Ira Glass. Um, <laughs> chapter one, soldier dolcher. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't Ira Glass actually from Baltimore? Is he? Something like that. Oh, he should do the pod. He should do yeah. the pod. Oh, that's a Ira, great idea. Ira, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, 
come on to this pod. I swear to God, I won't do my impression of you ever again if you do it. He's, he, it's true. He's an actual Baltimorean. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never heard him say Q or post. <laughs> I am from Baltimore. You got to be in your post and you got to be a good cop. And then you got to eat some lake trout and then you got to have some crab good. Well, he came up early in NPR when they, you know, when they would beat you with sticks unless you, until you sounded scared on the mic. <laughs> chapter, <laughs> cha- chapter one, blood in, blood out. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Um, let's do, uh, oh, finally, let's uh, talk about the last storyline in here. What's going on with Cuddy? Yeah. Cuddy in this episode Cuddy, 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 Cuddy. is doing, he's finally got his boxing gym open. And now all he needs is some kiddos. Um, Mm -hmm. So so he goes where the kids are at, which is Hamsterdam. And uh, Carver has set aside a a group of kids on timeout, which, by the way, Mm -hmm. I love that Carver has kind of been reduced to being sort of like a... A basketball referee. Yeah, a basketball referee, schoolyard administrator. You know, like he's there. Vice principal. Yes, he's putting kids on timeout for bad behavior, and Cuddy, you know, uh, goes up to them and says, "Hey, I can teach you how to box." But the one thing that—that's exactly—I was just yeah. imagining myself doing that, where two kids are fighting, and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! Uh, you got to come down to my jujitsu gym." I saw that you weren't going for the underhook there. Here, come here, get in my rubber guard. <laughs> I was like, you, you you have to put him in a bunch of equipment before you can fight them. <laughs> see, that's why just you made know. me butt scooting towards. Them. No, no. See what you want to do <laughs> before you get into donkey guard. You really want to anchor your shin to him, right? Mm-hmm. In this, yeah, it would be really great to watch you try to talk to children. Uh, uh, but yeah, no. So I have like taught children's classes. Before. I'm sure you it's have. Very fun. But yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Well, that it's is not, or it is. It's not. It's not. They don't really. I mean, depends how old they are. I feel like kids need to be like eight, nine, ten, eleven years old before they understand like the concepts of uh, of like wrestling and like tapping out means like you are legitimately in danger and not just like I'm uncomfortable in this position. Oh, oh I I don't think I've ever learned. I didn't that. know that's what tapping out is. Well, I knew yeah. tapping out you're not was actually in danger, pussy. I, I, yeah, I knew tapping out was when you're like say uncle but i thought it was like for whatever reason no it's like you are about i'm about to pass out or you're gonna break my arm that's why that's why you tap out it's not because oh. like oh, oh i don't like when you're on top of me i preempt which is fair and no I one likes the it tap out i tap out before the fight starts yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just like those little kids that's... i'm that i'm those little but kids. these kids would be the perfect age then yes they are i think a great age for learning how to box and they absolutely need to learn how to box Unfortunately, their life. Unfortunately, they have Dennis, whose hands are not great. I gotta say, I'm sorry. Like he's very. Wait, are you criticizing his boxing? Yes, I am. His hands not great. Sorry. All right. Well, whatever. His hands not great. What does that mean? He's saying he's he's he he doesn't seem fluid. He's very uh mechanical with it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I thought he looked good. He looked. He looked. I mean, he was punching. Yeah. I don't know. What do I know from boxing? I don't know nothing. (laughs) But uh. Unfortunately, it's not very easy to wrangle up these kids, especially after years on the streets and they uh, are built out of defense mechanisms. <laughs> so uh, he does not have a very good start with the kids. And I have a clip of that. 
Mystery, why your face got tattooed? Shit, that man can't talk to you like that. I seen his raggedy ass up with spot cotton vibe. Yeah, probably pimps his ass too. Nah, it's a motherfucker. Yeah, bitch, touch me. Touch a juvenile, see what happens. Let's bounce. Nah. Bitch ass. Bag Chump ass. <laughs> they all get one in. Yeah, they all I love that in. they all get one in. Chump ass. Bitch I mean, ass. when you're watching that, didn't you want Dennis to just be like, "Hey, man, I've murdered kids younger than you." Yeah. Well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what his eyes are doing. They're they're all leaving. Yeah. He's like, "Don't they know I'm scary?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, and he's listen. If you've ever um, taught before. Um, yeah. now I've, I've never taught, uh, high school students. Oof. Um, but yeah. I was a student teacher for the like small portion of my life where I was in school to be a teacher. I was a student teacher at an elementary school and the way that kids can be experts at plucking nerves yeah. is like, it's jarring because all of the shit, like all of the insecurities that you have, especially physical insecurities that you haven't even really like you've almost healed, you know, <laughs> yeah. you haven't even like, interrogated those in a while. You, you've stopped. Yeah. You've stopped worrying about someone saying those things to you. And then you go to a fifth grader and you try to teach them how to spell numbers. And they're like, why is there all that crust on your lips? And you're like, uh, uh, I have it. No, no. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and the other aspect of it is uh, like whenever you're disciplining a kid, like I used to substitute yeah. teach in junior high. And it's like when you're disciplining them, you're like, okay, if this kid doesn't have any activities that he cares about me taking away and he realizes that I can't hit him without going to jail, there really yeah. is no reason for him to listen to what I'm saying right. to him right now. Yeah, no, like, they I don't are have in anything. charge. If they don't care enough, they there's nothing I can threaten him with that's going to make a difference. It, it's yeah. wild how powerless you are in those situations. And so, like, the only power you have is control of your own emotions and impulses it's, it's yeah. vibes and it's shocking how well the vibes actually work in most cases but yes. then when, but then when they don't you're like well shit i'm fucked yes exactly it's like this right, he didn't even turn around and like clown them and then like oh and gain their respect no like, no, no he just no. didn't try he, he just like, oh, was shit he was just like fuck you i hate you and then they're like no we hate you more and they walked away and he's like um 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 and <laughs> it's 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 really it's 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 hard to turn that part of your brain off, you know, the part that says I should be insulted when someone calls me uh, a chump ass fucking, you know, uh, junkie who sells his booty for money, you know, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. like I, you want to say he probably sold his booty for <laughs> money at some point. I mean, I first mean, of he was all, in jail. look at that. He's got a great in ass. Prison. Yeah. But yeah, he, but it's also this, this beautiful moment of, oh shit, there's going to be a figure, an older figure. Yeah in the hood who is not trying to get you to sell drugs yeah. or isn't you know, your boss. Yeah, yeah. This is an ac extracurricular. This is just doing it for fun. Yeah, and it is a useful skill to have. Um, so there's the scene later on where Cuddy goes up to uh, the boy that he was, you know, yelling at before and basically says, like, I'm sorry, and uh, I'll be here for you when you want. And... Uh, and it works. And we see later on um, Cuddy and his influence as uh, a guy who runs the boxing gym. But it's very sweet. And so sweet. I love it a lot. And uh, honestly, I couldn't do it. 
Not just mm-hmm. I couldn't box, but literally, as soon as the kid told me about my crusty lips, I was like, I don't need this. Right. You just have to, <laughs> yeah. you have, it's very turn the other cheek. Right. I mean, and you, I don't have the ability to divorce um, my emotions from yelling and insults. You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, in that, in that, in your case, it's like that was kind of true. Whereas like in Cuddy's case, maybe it was more of like a, just a random insult. Yeah, okay, so sometimes my lips be crusty, but you don't have to say nothing about it, you fucking <laughs> ass. Uh, I mean, I love the scene between yeah. between uh, between Dennis and uh, the deacon, where he's just like, right. yeah, you got to mind fuck them by continuing to show up and yes. uh, not abandoning them, because that'll yes. fuck with their heads, and you're like, right, right, fuck, right. That yeah. is, uh, that's real. Yeah, it's super it's fucking sweet, real. and it's real, and it's, it's sweet, and it's real, and it's yeah. beautiful. And it's like hard life. to break through. And uh, honestly, do you guys talk a lot about fatherlessness on this podcast? Yeah, well, what we talk about <laughs> is all the single mothers are all the reason drugs mom. are around. Yeah. That's the whole problem. Every all time these, I see a mother, I'm like, your fault. All these nagging girlfriends who are just littering their chip bags on the ground. <laughs> That's right. Like Squeak did yeah. uh, in this episode. Uh, yes, in this episode. I love how like, that is the thing that. that bugs me the most like it's one thing to see someone like doing crimes or Mm -hmm. like uh you know killing people or whatever but when you see them just like pointlessly litter on the ground you're like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah 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 you are a monster that's like california in you (laughs) yeah i it kind of is but yes seeing squeak litter was insane also very funny seeing that squeak and bubs have history and have definitely fucked yeah uh was like you gotta remember bubbles was a player before he uh decided to marry heroin Uh, (laughs) uh, and i love i just want to say for cuddy i once saw him in park slope i have said park slope now i say it again during when i was watching the wire he was working at the food co-op and he was like stalking kale and i was like i love dennis no i i was just like i looked at him and was like smiling and i feel like it was very clear that one of the many incredibly underrated actors on the show sorry go ahead did you i think he's good i wish i wish fuck are you done I wish I fucked Cuddy. I do too. Is he shorter in real life? What do you What did you think? No, no, no. He's kind of. I think he's like, like he's not super tall. I think he's probably six feet. Like mm, right. what you might imagine. That's but big than I would and imagine. like has really sweet eyes. Like just the kindest eyes. He's yeah. a nice. He's a nice he, looking guy. He he does amazing acting with his eyes in the show. He does great. I mean, very amazing. He is like one of the few people who, uh, like his look scares the shit out of me yep. it's yep. like him and marlo both have like perfected this like you know like big eyes like yeah. daggers the subtlety i think is good yeah marlo's got that crazy subtlety um okay crazy so favorite least favorite something we haven't discussed vince yeah i mean least favorite is a uh, slow train coming like come yep. on man Where, where'd that reference come from well, what is it doing here how yeah. is reform what yeah. was that scene? Why is it there? What why the fuck? Are you, yeah, and why are you treating uh, Lamar like an idiot? That's not yeah. nice. And favorite, I've already we've already discussed uh, harder to get a hold of them or harder to get at them. My fat wife's cunt, and just that that whole uh, scene with uh, with Prop Joe explaining how the co op works and how they took yeah. a quorum, just fantastic. Yeah, pretty wonderful. Um, 
do you have a favorite scene, a least favorite scene? There's something you want to discuss? Um, I, let's see. Favorite is just the, t like, Stringer's turn, you know, Stringer. Like, like when he uh, called the, when he snitched? When or? he snitches. Yeah, yeah. That is just like, yeah. oh, it, it's, it's pulled, a wrap. He, the, he's he's big. He's pulling a feech Lamana on uh, on our boy uh, Avon. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's if you when remember he finally Sopranos. realizes he can't get through to him, and he's like, "I'm gonna call the cops and fuck with his parole." That's, yeah, that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's like, ooh, there is something so crazy brewing. Yeah. Another um, another. Sorry, go ahead. I can't remember my. I do. I do really love the letters. The like like. I don't know if this is my least favorite. Yeah. I think Lamar is a little bit of a like, like that whole thing is so cartoony and maybe it's just cause like mm -hmm. um, brother Mazone like it dresses like a cartoon, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's very like Lamar, we're gonna be making it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little weird. Come on like, Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. Come with me. Lamar. Yeah. Like, Go to the gay bar and it's find like a, a man. Group, it's a group of white writers trying to imagine a different type of black person. And that's yeah, what they yeah. came up with. Yes. Right. And it's an amalgamation of like, is he fucking like, is he nation of Islam? Is he Hebrew Israelite? Like you don't know. And the right. fact yeah. that he's just like, oh yes, go to the gay bar, Lamar. Like I'm I like that's why I feel I, I feel like Mazone would roll with a group of Mazones. Like right. people who like look like him and yes. also want to yeah. be like him and want to yes. understudies. Yeah. Yes. And we could have had more shades of Hotep than uh what they gave us like with yeah. Mazone. <laughs> they like, we someone did who knew get... that type yeah, a little yeah, better. Yeah. Like yeah. we would have gotten yeah. a, like a lot more they chewed us out of the hoteps. <laughs> yeah. Is that okay? Uh, <laughs> one, one thing I did like want to bring up like just quickly, I know we're like running long, but uh, like, like we said uh, in this terms of the show being anti Sorkin, it, it was until this episode before Carcetti's plan became clear. Like up until this moment, yeah. we didn't really know what Carcetti's uh, right. whole plan was. And finally we see like, Oh, mm. he needs Royce to, uh, to, to, to split the black vote. And he's trying, I didn't oh, quite yeah. buy himself talking himself into it because like by now I think he would have already talked himself into it, but I, right. I like, like the way he, <clears throat> the way he, uh, he, he voiced all his rationalizations was very beautiful. Like this, like this is how someone who is uh, truly an operator yes. mm -hmm. thinks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He knows that he has to screw over his best friend uh, uh, because there's no way that his best friend can win and he's like i can win though but i have to screw over my best friend yeah i'm doing a good thing by screwing him over actually yeah. i'm As nice he's explaining it yeah. like it's almost like he would he ends that whole monologue with like and it's perfect yeah you know, right like, yeah he's little finger he's yeah, playing he's little a little finger. finger he's he's literally little finger playing little finger in this yeah you'd imagine like most people would be like and i can't do that so that's why politics sucks and i'm getting out of yeah, this yeah like, right. no he's my friend so if he loses whatever we're still you know we're still homies but uh no he's got big plans at carcetti you know he really uh he really he's a piece of shit so my i think one thing that we didn't talk about that i'll just say real quick um was uh finding out that police code for black guy is number one male did you notice that <laughs> no, no, no yeah so uh in the scene where uh daniels is asking um freeman that sounds like, like chinese restaurant talk or something i would love a number one male please <laughs> yeah. uh yeah no uh when he's asking if uh prez harbored any racial prejudice 
um he's like come on are you seriously asking and then the the translator woman is like do you think that you know uh wagner would have gotten killed if he was a white guy Mm -hmm. and freeman goes you know the fucking the the whatever it is the all points bulletin uh called for a number one male and i was like Mm. oh shit wait is that what I think it is. <laughs> oh, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even catch that either. Yeah. I was just, I was, was just really impressed by how well they did that scene where it's like, do you think uh, he would have? And it's like, well, we could, that's one of those, that's like asking, is it art? Like you could be right, there all yeah. night uh, arguing about that one. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, they were like, we, we don't know what was in his head at the moment. Uh, he doesn't and, know what was in his head at the right, moment. and you can assume that it's possible that Wagner wouldn't have gotten killed yep. if he was white. Totally um, plausible. But to I don't know for the Baltimore Police Department to have the code for a black guy be number one male <laughs> is pretty racist. Oh, God. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! Say that again. I don't know what I said. I'm saying for the Baltimore Police Department to have the code for a black male. Be number one male is pretty racist. <laughs> we have a uh, Clay Davis bobblehead yeah. in our home. Isaiah I don't know. McClintock. Yes. And I, the baby loves it. The, all right. Anyways, that is a wonderful gift that we got. All right. That's not even canon. He doesn't fucking no. say that yeah, in no. the show. Look, we have to support his career. Okay? I support Isaiah McClintock. I think he should sell more bobbleheads. Yes, and I think he's a fantastic actor. Okay. That is the episode. I, if I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do, it's the law. I think I would give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? Definitely one of the best wire episodes that's ever existed. Uh, I'm going to call it a solid B plus also. Okay. And uh, Francesca, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? It's a B. Fucking. I bring you on my favorite podcast. All right. You know what? B plus plus B plus plus B equals... B plus. B plus. It's a B plus episode of Pod Yourself the Wire. Oh, sorry. It's a B plus episode of The Wire and an A plus episode of Pod Yourself the Wire. Mm. Francesca Fiorentini, my wife, thank you so much for coming yeah. on and talking The Wire with us. I know. God, this is, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I love you. I love you too. I love you. I love you. Where can people find you? Uh, follow me at Franny Fio and all the things. I don't know. Listen to the Bituation Room podcast. Check it out. Occasionally, Matt comes on. I come on sometimes when we have childcare. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, follow her everywhere. Francesca, we love you. Love you. We thank you. Thanks, Vince. Yeah, thank you. Always good to have you on. Wires. Patreon.com slash broadcast for all of the bonus episodes. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, we have one, two, three, four, five shout outs this week. Are you ready? Ooh, I'll try. Put on your street name hat. It's time. First one is a $20 um, subscriber, Aaron Caldwell. Oh, we call this guy Double A. I love his it. Name. Dark, a- or or alphabet because he's always at the first of the alphabet. Let's call him Alphabet. A A Ron Caldwell. Thank you so much for your twenty dollars. We love you. 
and we thank you. Um, Morgan Dumkey. Dumkey, that sounds like how Matt says donkey. Uh, I'm going to take a cue from a Clint Eastwood movie and call this person the mule. All right. Mm. I love it. Dumkey, the mule. Uh, next is... Um, Analia. And, oh, thank you. I was I was looking at. I was like, how do you pronounce that one? <laughs> that one. Uh, Analia Rosales. Anally, an, anally, uh, <laughs> anal. I tried to avoid that. Yeah. We call it. We call her the back end. <laughs> we gotta. Uh, we know. We call her back door. That's what back we call door. Her. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next is Andrew Menninger. Hmm. Meninger, meningitis. Uh, yeah, we call this guy the bug. Mm. Got the bug. Very good. If this is the Andrew Meninger I know, what's up? It, it, I hope it is. I, know. I hope it is. Wait, how many Andrew Meningers are there? The one I know is called Butters, but. Uh, really? Yeah. You had a friend named Butters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like South Park. Hell yeah. Yep. Lastly, Devin Siegel. Mmm. Devin Seagull, what do we say about a guy who's also a seagull? <laughs> um, what do we say? What do clean we say? Crew. What do seagulls do? They clean up. Uh, they shit on things. They so eat they sandwiches up. that aren't theirs. Yeah, they do. They, they, they peck at Cheetos. They peck at, like, floor Cheetos. They yeah, eat we call bags. this guy Pecker. Pecker! Hey, it's my cousin Pecker coming over here, dude. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for your $8 uh, or more donations. There are your shout-outs. Um, once again, that's patreon.com slash frogcast. $8 tier or more gets you a street name. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time. If you come at the king, you best not miss. Okay, I got a shout out. Uh, the person who made this track, um, it was only instrumental track I can find it, but he made it himself. It's uh, Christian Rosso. There's two dots over the O. Rosso uh, did this whole thing. Uh, sorry, I'm using it this way. When I take a trip to Baltimore. Brother Mazzone and his guy Searching for a hitman called Omar With a scar below his eye Lamar looks for you He sees the Baltimore gate scene His disgust is visceral Lamar walks out and who's that I see? While Rawls is gay Rawls is gay Rawls is gay Seems impossible to think Really I did not see this coming Always seemed like he was straight Then
in I see the clues And the words he keeps using Like gaping Irish asshole Is how he described McNulty While Rawls is Still reading about Paddleball Paul in the New York Times. Cause... Oh, the pickleball thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, Francesca was telling me about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Apparently, pickleball. The, I love the quotes loud. in the Times. Are like, mm-hmm. our neighbor had cancer. I think it was the pickleball that killed him, though. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc